Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. We get a first look at James Olsen as Guardian. DC Comics launches a DC fans page. And we discuss the last children of Krypton. This is Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season two episode of the show titled The Last Children of Krypton. But first, let's get to the news. We have our first look at James Olsen as Guardian. DCComics.com had this to say about the costume reveal. Quote, Supergirl is about to get a new vigilante this season that is likely familiar to DC Comics readers, Guardian. However, the man behind the mask and famous shield may not be who you might expect. As Supergirl executive producer Andrew Kreisberg revealed, it's James Olsen, or Jimmy if you're the Man of Steel. And they went on to say, here's your first look at the one-time photographer in his new digs, unquote. Um, so what does everybody think about this costume reveal? Carly, what do you think about James Olsen as the Guardian? One thing I was thinking about was we know based on Q&A that Q&A answers that uh, James isn't going to tell Kara what he's doing. And sooner or later, she, I'm assuming she's going to find out. So that's going to create a rift. But I was kind of thinking to myself, she's probably going to have a hard time telling that it's him because you can't really <laughs> see any part of his face. That's true. Like, unless she goes, it, it's those eyes. I know those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> unless she, the like, same... Beauty and the Beast sit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the same time, I think it it makes sense because he's not super-powered, and so to have him going out and fighting crime, it does make sense that he would be in an outfit that would protect him pretty well. I mean, we've seen... I, I would say based on like other shows doing, you know, doing the whole vigilante thing. I mean, you look at shows like Arrow and they have a whole team of vigilantes and nobody is really super powered. They're all, you know, they all have special skills and they're kind of fighting and stuff. But I'm always like, why is Diggle just have a helmet and then normal clothes? (laughs) (laughs) It's like... They need more padding. I don't know. That's my... I feel like leather is only going to really protect you so much. So, in my mind, it kind of makes sense that he would be... He would have this, like, armor. But I don't know how it's going to look on screen. I'm sure it's going to look different than the J.J. Abrams lens flare (laughs) uh, promo picture that we have once again. To be fair, though, they're on brand because they use blue and red... Oh, there you go. Uh, colors in the lens flare. So at least they've got the primary thing, uh, color thing going on. Yeah. And he's kneeling on the S shield. That's kind of cool. 
Morgan, what are your thoughts on this uh, first look at James as Guardian? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think it's a, it's a good... It makes sense that he would, because he doesn't have superpowers, that he would have to have, like, a pretty legit um, <laughs> superhero suit to, like, protect him. Um, and it definitely makes sense that he would have to have, like, uh, some sort of way to shield his identity so that Kara didn't, like, immediately go, Hey, James? Um, well, she might but, be able to if she uses her x-ray vision. Depends on, that's what that, tr- depends on what that helmet's made out of. That's true. That's true. But... Um, uh, my immediate thought was like, you know, McCad Brooks is, is, is so pretty and they're just putting him in like a giant, like bucket hat. I don't, (laughs) I I don't know why. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think my, my initial reaction was just like, huh? (laughs) Um, I, I, it probably mostly from the helmet. It's just such a weird helmet. Yeah, I think the look is very similar to Guardian in the comics, except the the main difference, uh, if you look at the comics or even the uh, the Young Justice version, the big difference is the coloring. Usually, there's a, a lot of gold in his uh, his costume, so there's there's nothing really. It looks just like this silver kind of like medieval armor that he's got going on. Um, I like it for the most part. I think it's if this you know if they're going to go for the guardian, this this is basically guardian except for the coloring, which could come. I mean, it could be one of those things where the costume evolves over time, and maybe he starts out with this, and then later down the road, somebody says, "Hey, you know, you should put some color on that, um, give you a little style." So that'll probably happen. The only thing that I kind of thought was weird about this picture was that he was kneeling i kind of think and maybe it's because i haven't seen the full i mean because you can't really see part of the costume like you can only see the arms and the shield and the helmet really well but everything else like if it had been me and i was taking this picture which probably wouldn't have looked very good but if i was taking the picture i would have had him standing up with the shield kind of in front of him sort of like a you know almost like a captain america kind of pose just so you can see the full costume so i think it's weird that he's like kneeling down i i I don't know why they would have taken the picture like that and um i I thought it was really unfortunate because the day they revealed this was the same day that Zack snyder tweeted a picture of amber heard as mira and i was super excited about that uh that mira picture and uh and her costume and what she was gonna look like and then when i saw james i was like uh, it's okay, but I don't know. I think they overdid it with the lens flares again, and um, I think that's a little unfortunate. But I think for a, you know a costume where he's just starting out, I, I think it looks fine, and hopefully it will look even better on screen. DC Comics has added a new webpage dedicated to fan-created content, and Supergirl Radio is listed among the featured podcasts. If you'd like to check out all of the fan videos, podcasts, news sites, and communities, visit dccomics.com slash dc-fans. Yeah, so this is pretty cool. Um, They contacted us to uh, be part of this, and uh, I think it's really cool also that we have some fellow DC TV podcasts on there, like the Flash podcast, and a podcast also associated with Morgan, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. There seems to be a common denominator with uh, these podcasts that are up on this page. Um, 
so, and I also thought it was cool that we are also listed among uh, with uh, Superman Forever Radio, which is Bob Fisher's podcast. He's been a, a guest on Supergirl Radio several times, so it's very cool to see him up there too. So I think it's awesome that they are doing this kind of thing and uh, letting fans kind of have a little bit of a spotlight. So I think this is awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our news section. So let's get into our discussion of the season two episode of Supergirl titled The Last Children of Krypton. The official description says, quote, Cadmus attacks National City with a kryptonite powered villain who ends up seriously hurting Supergirl. Superman blames Hank because the kryptonite was stolen from the D.E.O. Meanwhile, Kara's first day at her new job doesn't go as planned after she meets her new boss, Snapper Carr. Guest star, Ian Gomez, unquote. So uh, this was a jam-packed episode, and it was our second episode with Superman. And so I, I figured we should start talking about Team Krypton, which was Supergirl's name for her team-up with Superman. So, Carly, what did you think about Team Krypton in this episode? Hashtag too much fun. Um, I I actually think I liked this episode for everything that it gave us more than the premiere. Just because there was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, considering that it was only, what, 42 minutes? Mm -hmm. They fit a lot in there. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I I had seen some of the uh, preview clips a couple days before... I think it was at least on Sunday. Um, so it was basically one clip of Kara meeting Snapper. And then the other clip was Clark and Kara uh, stopping the robbery, which I thought was really funny because Superman has that great line of like, well, if the bullets didn't work, why the punching? <laughs> Sometimes criminals, I don't, I was like, why are you trying to, why are you trying to apply logic to criminals? They obviously aren't very intelligent to begin with. <laughs> If they're, if they're robbing a bank and thinking they're going to get away with it. Um, it's interesting that he kind of, again, was like, this is your show. I'm going to, you know, step aside and kind of let you handle things. But then was also willing to lend a hand when she needed it. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting that we got to see a little more intense side. Because he definitely was going to go head to head with Martian Manhunter. Um which I was like, when I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Um, But then we also got that really nice moment with Superman and Martian Manhunter in the Fortress of Solitude talking about Krypton and Mars and how like he was, you know, Martian Manhunter was like, we're both, we're both, I think, I don't remember the exact quote, but he says, you know, we're both men from. Yeah. He says we're, we're both men without a home. Yeah. Which I was like, ooh, and then, but then he may also has that line because he speaks Kryptonian, mm. and he said, doesn't he say we have to keep each other's like the memory of each other's worlds alive or something like that? Yeah, any something like that. So I, I don't, I, I thought there were some really great moments. Um, once again, got emotional when Car uh, got the text from Clark at the end, <laughs> like, <laughs> stop being wonderful. Um, but it was good, and I also like that he that Clark said early on in the episode he was like, you know, I got to go back. Like this, you know, this was fun. It was good to see you, but I have other responsibilities, which was good. He kind of was like, you know, I got to get back to my girlfriend, and also that piece I promised Mister White I would have ready in a jiffy. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I uh, overall, I think I, I liked this episode even more than the first one. Morgan, what did you think about Supergirl and Superman teaming up in this episode? Yeah, I uh, I agree with Carly. I, I think I liked this one even more than, than the premiere, and I liked the premiere like an amazing amount. So I was really impressed with this episode. It So much stuff happened, but I didn't feel like it was overstuffed. I felt like they did a really good job with the balance of it. And I loved uh, I loved Team Krypton. Um, all the all the Clark and Kara scenes were so good, and um, I really love that scene that Carly mentioned with um, with Superman and Martian Manhunter, where they're having sort of the like a pretty terse discussion about the Kryptonite, and um, and you you finally get like um, Hank's side of the perspective, which is you know where he's saying all of his people got wiped out by you know, a, a race that of white Martians that, like, became too powerful, and that's why he thinks that there should be, like, checks and balances against Superman. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting perspective because I feel like that's usually the perspective that we see in some of the villains, but he was coming from, you know, a place of having been there before and also being the last person from his, um, from his home world. So I thought that that was really interesting. I thought, I mean, I really liked it. Oh, the the... The text message at the end was so cute, and I, and I liked that they um, that they really played up the fact that like, Kara was sort of grabbing onto to Clark as, like the only person that really understood what she was going through and and where she was from, and I think that you could kind of get a little bit of like the homesickness from um, from just how how much she threw herself into that like family relationship where she was even thinking about moving to metropolis it, it was like like the definition of way too much and um <laughs> it's like whoa you're gonna you want to do what now um but i think it came from definitely like a place of of feeling left out and feeling lonely and i thought that there was a, a good moment with uh, her and alex where alex was like um he left you with us. And I, I think that that's maybe something, I don't know if, uh, if Tyler Hecklin's going to be back this later on this season, but I think that that's something that they kind of left hanging. They kind of like let that beat sit there. Um, and they didn't really address that. Like maybe Kara should have some anger there that like Superman just sort of like dumped her and was like, see you later. And then just flew off. Um, it would be kind of understandable if she was a little bit, irritated with him about that and it almost feels like maybe she went so gung-ho about everything with Clark because she's kind of like trying not to deal with the fact that maybe like deep down she is a little irritated with him about leaving her and like abandoning her I think that's a good point I think they could come back to that if they wanted to I think that would be a story you know a story uh, that they could tell later on down the road because I, I think that that is a big part of Supergirl's story or Kara's story, really, uh, that when she got here, she was placed with the Danvers. So um, I, I was glad to see that she connected with Clark or Cal. She called him Cal uh, once at the end, which I thought was nice. Um, it, it was nice to see her uh, be able to bond with him and, and make that connection because she did talk about how she felt that connection with him because they are family. So I, I liked that they got to spend that time together. Um, but I, uh, so I, I expressed some dislikes that I had about the way Superman was portrayed last week. And this episode did not help. Um, you know, surprise, I have an unpopular opinion. Uh, but I, 
Uh, I feel like unpopular opinion should be my middle name. Uh, maybe I should uh, give, give myself a name change. Um, but I and I've I there are aspects of Tyler's uh, Superman and Clark that I do like. Um, I, I did like the scene between Superman and Martian Manhunter, and I love that we got to see him interact with Kellex. Like that made me super excited. I was like Kellex. Uh, but I didn't care for the way that Superman and Supergirl went about their business when they were saving people. I got the impression that they were a little cocky and full of themselves. And I don't know if that's part of like the intention of the episode because they were having a lot of fun. And by the end of the episode, it got really serious. Maybe that could have been intentional. I don't know. But, uh, there there was there were a couple of examples that kind of rubbed me the wrong way um so superman and supergirl are uh flying to go save the day and supergirl says you want to do the honors and he says to her i got to look cool last time and i know that that is supposed to be like a fun like hey we're just bantering kind of a thing but when i started thinking about that i was like why is looking cool the first thing you think about you know like you're, when you're going to save people, and they were going to save people out of a burning building. And I don't know, they didn't mention if there were people in that building or not, but the firefighters were losing hope and they couldn't do anything. So I assumed that there were people in there that they were concerned about. And so I, it, it was very, it felt very insensitive to me that they would be casually just joking about this on the way to save people who might be trapped in a building, who might be grasping for air, who might be, I know that sounds really morbid, um, but those are the things that kind of crossed my mind. And there were a couple of other things, like I was really taken aback by Superman and Supergirl, like physically assaulting those robbers who were trying to shoot them. I I did think that the line, you know, oh, why are, why are you punching me? It's not going to do anything. I thought that was fine. I thought that was funny. But they were humans, and Supergirl and Superman were just throwing them around. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing? I know they're bad guys. I know they robbed a store. But that's a little much. Like, they could have gotten seriously hurt. And after they assaulted them, they just kind of flew away, and nothing was really accomplished. I know I'm taking this way too seriously, probably. But the fact was, like, they... They fiz- they threw the robbers down. The robbers could have come to. They still had their guns. There were no police there. So they could have gone and robbed another store or hurt somebody or, you know, whatever. So I didn't think that that really accomplished anything. And then there was the whole situation with Metallo posing as the suicidal jumper on the bridge. And right before that, they get really excited that they, you know, they see and hear that there's this guy about to jump you know, to his death. And they were like, oh, one more time. And I was like, whoa, there's a guy. You don't know his story. He could be emotionally distraught. He could be so, dis- you know, full of despair. And he wants to kill himself. And you are excited about it. And I just, some of that just did not sit well with me. And then there was the whole um, bit where Superman tells Metallo that if he's going to make a move, he and Supergirl were going to incinerate them. Uh, incinerate him and uh that that was kind of the icing on the cake i was just like uh maybe not icing on the cake that's probably not the way to say that it it was the last straw for me um that they were willing to and their eyes lit up their heat vision started like they were going to follow through with that and they were going to incinerate him and i know that he was like partially cyborg at that point but he still looked like a man and so I, I, I just, I don't know. I had a lot of problems with the way they went about their 
um, rescuing and their heroing. Um, just because, it I, again, it goes back to my, my feelings from last time. I, d- I don't feel like they took it seriously. And I, I think I would have preferred that they do that because I, I – I think it got a little better once Metropolis had been attacked and they went into Krypton Park and they they saw the destruction and realized that it was serious. And that's when I, you know, I, I was like, this is kind of how I, I wish things would be because I felt like they were um, caring about other people instead of just kind of caring about how they looked or, you know, themselves. And so I, I don't know, I had some real problems with that, but that might have just been me. I have a theory about what you've been talking about because so, I agree. I, I, I to, to let me let me say how I say this. I I do agree that I think there there was a lot of carefree behavior. And I do think partly that the attack on Metropolis was their wake up call, hmm. um, in a big way, because you know you see in the beginning after they you know handle the robbers and they. Um, say they're going to go attack, you know, going to go take down the alien that's, you know, on the loose. I don't remember the name of the actual alien. Um, And then they show up at the DEO and Alex and a group of agents are getting ready to go take it out themselves because Superman and Supergirl didn't get back to them and say either way. They're like, oh yeah, he's chilling in a a containment cell. And Alex is like, well, you guys didn't say anything. And then, you know, um, Martian Manhunter comes over and he's like, uh, I know Superman doesn't work for the DEO Supergirl, but you still do. So like, I almost think that they were kind of portrayed as being much more carefree in the beginning and like having a lot of fun with it and almost having like too much fun. And then, you know, when Clark found out that Metropolis got attacked, I think for him, it was like, Oh dang, like I've been way too cavalier about all this. I, you know, I think I think in some respects, you know, Morgan t- talked a little bit about this last week. He he felt like he was on vacation and he right. was just flying around being silly, <laughs> having a good time with his cousin. And then like some real, you know, shiz went down and he was like, OK, you know, this isn't fun and games anymore. So I think the show kind of set them up to be you know, having a good time, everything's all fun. Oh, we're just, you know, apprehending criminals and whatever, taking down aliens. But like it's you know, with with it can't just be fun and vacation. Like sooner or later some, someone's gonna come along who is a you know, much more significant threat. And, you know, I think I would agree that I think they were a little bit too like happy go lucky and like La 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 la. You know, we're we're just hanging out, and then when when the when the Metallo stuff happened and got you know the second the Metallo and the second Metallo, um, they both kind of realized like, oh, we need to shape up. Yeah, I think you were supposed to read their earlier interactions as as them being kind of bad influences on each other. Like Supergirl normally would not have forgotten to check in with the DEO. Hmm. Um, I I just think that you're supposed the I think you're supposed to see them as kind of yeah being a little ca- a little too cavalier and just being so happy to be with somebody else like them that they were getting a little um, I don't know like a little reckless almost that they were like maybe not taking it as seriously as they would normally because you know, Superman or Supergirl was there and, uh, 
and kind of, yeah, kind of being like a little bit of a, a bad influences on each other. I think we all know those people where we're like, we get together with them and, and suddenly we're not making the best decisions. <laughs> and I kind of, I kind of saw it as that, like they were so happy to be around each other that they were maybe not making their, their best, their best decisions at that point until things got serious um, and Metropolis got attacked. And then they were like, you know, game face on, but before that, I think they were just kind of having too much fun, almost. Yeah, I, I think those are those are good points. I just wish the show didn't treat it like, oh, this is a comedy bit, or you're supposed to think this is cutesy. I don't know. Some of that stuff was just, it made me very uncomfortable, to be quite honest. And I, I, I didn't know totally how to feel about it, uh, how I felt about it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I, I, I don't know if I don't know if they learned anything at the end. I I think one of the things on a Supergirl level, I was disappointed with her because, you know, with that the moment where Superman and Supergirl threatened to incinerate Metallo, I, I thought that was very out of character for her because normally when she even when she's going up against a bad guy, normally she tries to give them the benefit of the doubt or tries to talk them out of it or tries to win them back in some way before she takes them down. And here she was ready to use her heat vision and destroy him. And I, that, I thought that was very out of character for her. So I, w- I was sorry to see, like you were saying, Morgan, that maybe their, you know, Superman's, quote, bad influence on her uh, sort of dragged her down a little bit. And I, I, I didn't much uh, care for that. But, uh, but, I, but I think maybe it was intentional that they uh, were trying to show maybe they grew and changed by the end of the episode. Um, but I, I don't fully know that they did. Um, I guess we'll have to see maybe next week if there's, you know, anything that uh, changes. But I, I wish that there would have been more of a, a, a an expressing of them realizing their mistake. Uh, I think maybe they could have done a little bit better job there to, to say, hey, we shouldn't have been goofing around. We should have been real serious about this. Um, but I don't know that the show really hit the mark there. Yeah, I think the show was, at, at least uh, how I read it, was the show was definitely trying to tell you that something was off. Like, I don't think that they would have gone so far as, like, having the DEO agents be, like, about to, like, scatter and then have, like, Super Superman and Supergirl come in, like, basically high-fiving, like, man, that was awesome. And, like, there's all these people in tactical gear that are like, are you serious? You You couldn't even just call us? Like, I think that was a big sign that, like things were going a little off and and they were both going a little too far into their like family relationship without thinking about other people and i think that was also kind of uh kind of shown in the fact that when like um car started talking to, Al- to alex about how she was thinking about moving to metropolis like you're just seeing all this like really like veering like extreme behavior from her that you wouldn't normally see so i think that they, the show was at least trying to like show you that this is like not exactly like a hundred percent normal behavior from probably from either of them. Yeah. And with Kara wanting to move to Metropolis, it, that almost felt a little selfish too, because she was just assuming things about other people and how other people felt about things. She, she thought, you know, uh, Hank would, wouldn't have to feel uncomfortable without kryptonite at the DEO that Alex could, you know, go about her DEO job without having to worry about her. Like she was assuming all these other things without asking these other people, how they felt about it. So um, I, I guess in some ways, Kara was so excited to have Clark or Cal around 
that she lost sight of her other relationships with other people or even um, how maybe she should carry herself as a, a superhero or someone who could um, help others. So I, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that she, um, I, I guess for, for one episode, she, she got a little selfish. And I guess with good reason. I mean, if you had, you know, if your whole planet was destroyed and you lost all of your family and you had that one connection to one other other person who was your biological family and you shared a lot of the same traits and they were the only people who could identify with you and understand what you're going through maybe you would cling to them like that so i uh, i can't be too harder on that on that respect yeah i liked i actually really liked that um that part about the episode because it just felt it was. It felt so sad at, to, to watch her talk to Alex about how maybe she would move to Metropolis and then she would be with Clark all the time and it would be so great. Like it just, it just felt sad. Um, it that she would like that moment where like she's just thinking about dropping everything because of this other connection that she has. It's like it's very desperate, and you can just tell like things in her life aren't going perfectly, and she is basically just has this fantasy that like what if I left everything and I was just with this other person who, you know, actually understands, you know, my background and where I come from. And, and I liked, I liked that. I liked that she just got like really selfish and like way too fast. And like, you can just imagine like what would have happened if she tried to run this plan through like uh, by Clark and like what his reaction would have been. It would have just been like really awkward and sad. Okay. And I guess we've, talked a little bit about Alex, but Alex got a, a lot of screen time in this episode and she uh, went up against the doctor uh, who is associated with Project Cadmus. So what did everybody think about um, we, we learned a little bit more about the doctor and what was going on with Project Cadmus. They kind of announced themselves to the world. Um, Carly, what did you think about the doctor? I love her. <laughs> She's so just unrepentantly bad. And I'm like, Oh, I love it so much. Like when, when she's talking to the, the guy and she's like, Oh, we're getting ready to move to phase two. And they're like, well, we don't even have a viable candidate. And she's like, yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she was just so like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about her specifically. I think it's also the fact that she truly believes that what she's doing is the right thing. And, you know, isn't that the case for like all evil villains really? But, you know, she thinks that the superpowered people, like, they basically need to get rid of the Kryptonians and, you know, by any means necessary, really. And, like, she thinks that Alex has been corrupted by the DEO to think that they're friendly. And she's like, no, they're not. Like, we need to get rid of all of them. But then she has that great interaction with Alex where she's basically like, I'll tell your father you said hello. <laughs> Ooh, chills. She's just so good. Like, I, I'm really excited. I hope we. I hope she doesn't get off soon because I want more of her all the time. Yeah, I hope she sticks around. Uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts about the doctor? Yeah, she was great. I thought that she was. I, yeah, I l- really liked that she was just like so cool and calm and like just like totally self-assured in her evil. Like she was holding it down for <laughs> for Project Cadmus. Uh, yeah, I really liked her in this episode. Alex was also amazing in this episode so cool yeah i loved all the and i loved all the stuff between alex and Kara. like i always love all the stuff between alex and Kara. but this episode was especially like hit me in the feels they were so great yeah i i the 
fight scene with Alex when she's been captured by Project Cadmus was on point, very good. Um, and her scenes with the doctor, I got I, I, call, I call myself soap opera, Rebecca, when I get excited about this kind of stuff, because when I watch my soap operas and something like goes down, somebody has a cat fight, somebody says something nasty to somebody else, I, I'm like, ooh, somebody did that. And so I, I start talking to my television. <laughs> it's sad and pathetic. But that's what happens when I watch soap operas. And I became soap opera Rebecca when I was watching that scene between the doctor and Alex because um, – where was that dialogue? Um, Alex says, when I find my father, I'm coming for you. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Alex is Alex is ready to tear this woman up. So I really hope uh, somewhere down the road in the season – I hope we get to see Alex fulfill that promise and the doctor gets what's coming to her because the doctor <laughs> clearly knows where Jeremiah Danvers is, what they've done to him, if they've done something to him. Um, so I really hope that we get to see all of that. And I was laughing uh, because last time we talked about villains wearing black on uh, Supergirl and in superhero shows, uh, you know, in general. Uh, the doctor and metallo john corbin were both wearing all black and it was cracking me up the whole time so uh yeah i uh i especially loved the doctor and brenda strong was just so good in this episode and i so i i had mentioned the problems that i had with superman and supergirl earlier and uh so the cadmus has this whole thing about uh, how long before these gods will decide to rule instead of serve? And the doctor talks about the ego of gods. And at some point, because I was so distraught with how Superman and Supergirl were acting, I was, <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe Cadmus has a point. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're onto something. Uh, so I was like, oh, I, this is so bad. I'm like siding with the villain. Uh, this is uncomfortable. Um, but it was interesting that they talked about how Earth had been taken over by these uh, these superheroes, you know, that were in the guise of heroes. And that was the motivation behind what they were doing. But I also felt like maybe it's kind of late for them to be doing this because Superman has been around for a while. Why didn't they why didn't Cadmus pull this message out? When Superman had announced himself, is it because there are more Kryptonians now? Maybe Superman and Supergirl are, you know, one too many. Or maybe it's because of Astra and Non and the whole Kryptonian thing that happened last season. Uh, but I was just like, this seems like you've waited a long time to <laughs> to declare war on the aliens and, and the superheroes, which I, I thought was bizarre. And one thing I thought was really interesting with Cadmus and the Doctor is that they refer to Superman and Supergirl as invaders. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's a foreshadow for the big invasion crossover. Uh, I wonder if that's setting something up uh, on, for, on down the road. Oh, and I think this is one of the big things in the episode for us is that we got our introduction to Snapper Car. Snapper car. Snapper car. Uh, so, uh, so we should probably talk about because we had an entrance and we had an exit in this episode for characters. So, um, Carly, what did you think about Ian Gomez as Snapper Car? I liked him. <laughs> he was so bristly. Um, <laughs> That's a good word. And I, I, I might also have an unpopular opinion about this, but I honestly think he was, he was pretty fair. In, in my mind, in terms of how he, I mean, I would say he might've been a little meaner with Kara than he needed to be, but I don't think she was necessarily treated unfairly. 
Um, you know, because she shows up, she completely misses the editorial meeting. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, and then she, I, I was just sitting there watching that scene where she basically was like, but I chose this job. I'm like, so what? <laughs> you know, it's like, you still have to show up. You have to, you know, you have to do your part in this job that you picked. But I was like, Cara, not everybody is as lucky as you gets to pick the job, you know, that they want to do. <laughs> Sometimes we have to work jobs we don't really like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to me, I didn't really like that part because I was like, Cara, like, OK, we get it. <laughs> you got to you got to pick the job that you wanted to do. Um and then the other part that it was kind of like, like she went to cat and she was like complaining about snapper. And I was like, come on, Cara. Like I kind of <laughs> had the same reaction. I had the same reaction to her that cat granted. I was like, Cara, you can handle yourself at this point. Like I, it's one of those things where sometimes it's, I thought it was interesting that like, she didn't, she initially kind of tried to make snapper like her. And then she was just like, no, like, I'm not even going to try to do it now. <laughs> she kind of, she kind of, I think she realized she kind of needed to come to his level and just kind of be snarky. And like, that was the way that they were going to interact. But I was like, when she went to Kat and was like, can you talk to him for me? I was like, come on. <laughs> like, I get, that was this, that was probably the part that I got a little bit irritated with her over. Cause I was, I had, I, you know, when Kat was like, pull up your big girl pants, I was like, yes. <laughs> and then she's like, own your power, you know, and then she had that gray line of like, how many times do I have to tell you that you're, you know, terrific or whatever before you actually start to believe it? I was like, I know that they're setting this up for her to be leaving, but because <laughs> then it dissolves into the entire conversation where Car was like, Miss Grant, are you dying? <laughs> it was so funny. Her um, reaction to that was so funny too. Like, oh my god. <laughs> she was like, she was like, no. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was definitely an obvious setup that the cat was going to reveal that she was leaving, that she wasn't going to be around anymore for Car to go to. But I was I, I was a little bit irked by the fact that she was like. You know, she she didn't show up on time and then she got like upset and then she went and complained about and tried to like get Kat to, you know, interfere on her behalf. And I was like, you know, sometimes you got to do stuff yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they were in the in in having her go to Kat, they were setting up the fact that she's not going to be around all the time. You know, so it was, it was obviously a. a story device but i was like come on cara <laughs> you're better than this so what did you think about when she delivered her article that had the eyewitness accounts the comments yeah. from the police sources well that part i liked yeah like i liked it at the end because then because then she was like kind of going toe-to-toe with him and was calling him like a jerk and <laughs> like all this stuff like she was you know i think she kind of got her confidence back a little bit and you know, and she was once she had the story filed and everything. I was like, okay, I like this part, but it you know, it was it was the getting there. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Morgan, what did you think about Snapper Car in this episode? Snapper, I was, I mean, I was super, so excited to see Snapper. A little disappointed that there was no robot hand, but you know what? It's and coming. there was also so no snapping, no snapping. <laughs> yeah. 
What I gives? Thought at least when he dramatically turned away from the window, he could have been like, like, <laughs> or when he was fussing <laughs> at Kara. That would have been a great time for him. Yeah. Why wasn't he snapping at her? I mean, uh, I feel like we need to send some notes to the writers. Because I mean, I, I'm now wanting to and Snapper, both snapping and later getting a robot hand. <laughs> I was going to say, though, he was snapping at her. Well, that's true. Like, oh. Verbally. That's true. <laughs> he wasn't snapping at her with his hands. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. That back <laughs> Carly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I liked him. I liked uh, I liked uh, Ian Gomez, and I thought he was good. And I, I liked that he was, like, kind of the anti-cat in a way. Like, even though he kind of uh, – cat can be kind of, you know, short and uh, and a little bit mean with, with Kara. Like, last season, she didn't even remember her name. Um, I, I think, I mean, you know, Kat is always like poised and put together and Snapper looks like he just rolled out of a dumpster somewhere (laughs) (laughs) and he, and he's not, you know, uh, Kat, you could always tell was interested in mentoring Kara. I don't think Snapper at this point really cares about her at all. He definitely sees her as like this person that was foisted upon him that he has no control over whether or not he hired her and uh, she definitely did not make a good impression when she was like but I said I wanted this job and Kat gave it to me like she sounded insane in that one scene where she's like I chose this job I chose my choice well Snapper calls Kara entitled and I was like she kind of is she was entitled she was like she basically sounded like like a like a rich kid who didn't get what she wanted or something she was like but i was given this job and he was like you don't get a chair <laughs> I well, that's what, yeah that was the whole thing is like i was kind of like you know cara like i was like cara <sighs> just recognize your privilege right now um <laughs> You know, because check your you, privilege, Cara. Check your, exactly, check your privilege. Um, you know, because she's like, I chose the job, and he was like, you have to earn it. And I was like, yes. Like, I took, you know, initially I watched the episode the first time, and I was like, yeah, it was a little rough. But then the second time I was like, no, he's, you know, I mean, he's being very direct with her, but he he was not wrong. <laughs> so I, I like him. I like that he's kind of a little bit more, like, gruff. But I and I think based on how the episode ended, it's going to their relationship's going to be kind of that, like maybe a little acrimonious, but not, you know, they don't I don't think they out and out hate each other, but they're just going to kind of be like, yep, here you go. <laughs> Here's the story. And then he'll make some comment about it. And, you know, it'll be like a little back and forth. I was disappointed with Snapper that he didn't snap. I kind of figured that he would, but maybe that's coming. Maybe they're just. They're, they're holding it for, you know, a special moment. Um, but I did like that we got what we were promised. We got the, the Lou Grant to Kara's Mary Tyler Moore. So uh, he, he was everything, everything that we had been told that he would be. And I thought Ian Gomez did a, a great job. He, he performed it well. And I think that their dynamic will be very interesting moving forward because this will push Kara in a way that she hasn't been pushed before. And uh, I'd like to see that side of her that she um, will 
be more about trying to get to the truth and and getting to uh, to tell these stories. I think that will be. I hope we get to see some reporter car putting this together. Uh, you know, but you know, going out on a story and figuring out um, what she needs to do about it. Like I hope we get to see some of that stuff. Um, but I think for Kara, she probably needs to learn how to pronounce Pulitzer because she said it as Pulitzer. And if you're going to be a reporter, you might need to know that Pulitzer is the correct way to pronounce it, um, because that is the way Joseph Pulitzer said it, and that's the way he liked it. So that's the way I'm going to pronounce it. Um, But I did laugh about the mention of Snapper's piece on the corruption in the mayor's office had won him a Pulitzer, because I was like, of course it did. Of course it did, because Snapper (laughs) Carr does crazy things, and of course he would... Um, be the best journalist ever and write a, a, a piece on a mayor's office corruption? Like, who cares about that? Uh, but I guess someone does. Um, I, I wouldn't think that that kind of piece would win a Pulitzer, but maybe it did. Maybe it was that awesome. Um, but Cat calls Snapper one of the best journalists she's ever known. So uh, that has uh, high marks that go along with that. So I, I like Snapper, but um, I'm going to need him to snap at some point. And we kind of got the exit of Cat Grant in this episode. Uh, we got a lot of goodbyes. Um, Supergirl and Kara both said goodbye to Cat Grant in this episode. So, Carly, what did you think about how they sort of moved Callista Flockhart off the uh, the canvas? Well, they definitely left the door open for her to come back. So that's good. It's not like they wrote her off. They were basically just like, she needs to move on and take her own advice. Like, I think I tweeted at one point last night, I was like, you know, she gave Kara that advice about diving. And but now she, I guess she realized she had to take her own advice to heart. So, um, I got very emotional and during the Kara cat scene. And then they gave me another one with <laughs> Supergirl and cat. And I was like, I can't handle two. <laughs> it was like, <sighs> my emotions. Um, but it was really, it was really lovely. And I, I love that, you know, they both Kara and Kat in their scene kind of got a little misty. And then it, it seemed like with the Supergirl and Kat, you know, they kind of had like a little bit of a smile for each other. And that was nice. I was like, Oh, she knows though. She has to know. <laughs> oh, she's I still, gotta know. I remain convinced that Kat Grant knows that Kara is Supergirl. When she tried to trick her into saying the name, I was like, that's because you already know it. Don't you be done. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. It was so good. I was like, she knows. Uh, Morgan, what did you think about Kat Grant and her scenes with Kara and Supergirl in this episode? I'm just going to miss her so much on the show every week. Like, she was the unexpected part of season one for me. I wasn't. I didn't go into season one like being like, oh, Cat Grant. I was just like, okay, whatever. And over the the course of the season, she became like one of my favorite characters. I just think that there is so much like depth and and so many layers to that character. And I'm so sad to see her go. Her interactions with both Supergirl and Kara are so great. And uh, and they definitely did. They set it up pretty nicely with uh, with the premiere and this episode to make it make sense why she was uh, piecing out for a little while. And they definitely left the door open for her to come back. Uh, and I hope she does come back real soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. I, I thought that the scenes with her and Kara 
and and her and Supergirl were some of the strongest scenes in the episode. And I liked like almost every scene in this episode, as as we could tell going through the, uh, and talking about it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna miss Cat Grant so much. I know, I know the the whole conversation where they were explaining Cat's absence, how she was going to take a leave of absence from Catco and trying to explain to the audience and to Kara why she was leaving. It was, it felt very meta to me. Like it felt like the show was just saying, this is why Kat's leaving, but this is also kind of why Callista's not going to be around anymore. Um, and with Kara and Kat, um, Kara says, I can't imagine being here without you. And I, I could feel how emotional that probably was for the, you know, the real life actresses, you know, for Melissa and Callista to, to play out that scene because it felt so real because when Cara says, I can't imagine being here, um, it, that could have been about Catco, but I also felt like that was referring to the show. Like I can't imagine this show without you. And I, I thought those scenes were very emotional, had a lot of weight to them. And, yeah, I, I agree. I thought they were some of the best parts of the episode. So I am sad to see that she might not be around, but I hope we will get to see her a couple more times this season and, and find out what she's doing. What, why, why does she feel the need to leave? What is she up to? Uh, I, I think that will be fun to continue um, to go down that path and find out what Kat has chosen for herself to do. Um, so what does everybody think about this episode? Overall thoughts, uh, Carly, what, was this a good episode, bad episode? What'd you think? It was good. I liked my favorite part was at the end when Kara and Alex teamed up against Metallo. It was awesome. And then also Superman and Martian Manhunter teamed up against other Metallo and Martian Manhunter was a little girl in a Supergirl <laughs> outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. It was so good. Well, it's funny because one of our listeners tweeted at me. Apparently, there was uh, that same that same girl was in the background of a shot when um, Superman and Supergirl show up in Metropolis after it's been attacked. And she was like, do you think that it's the same girl or did Marsh Manor just decide to be her? And I'm like, I think he just decided to be that little girl. Because, <laughs> like, he wants to be a Supergirl, too. <laughs> um, but I thought that was a kind of, a, like, a cute little nod. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good, uh, aside from the things that I didn't like which were mostly just me being frustrated with Kara, which I think we were supposed to be a little bit frustrated with her. So that's mm -hmm. fine. <laughs> but I, overall, I think for me, it was better than, than the first week's episode. So I think to, to be honest, I think the show, it's a good sign for me that, you know, with the move and everything, I feel like the show's kind of, it's, it's off to, you know, it's hit the ground running. So I feel pretty good about where it's going. Morgan, what are your overall thoughts about this episode? Yeah, I really liked this episode. I thought that it really worked well. I thought that they had a good mix of the more lighthearted elements and uh, and the more serious emotional elements. And I thought that they balanced everything really well. I, I think that that Kara had like a really nice arc in this episode, and so did Alex and uh, and Cat. And it was even nice to see Snapper. I think it was a good introduction to the character. It wasn't too much but um but we got a little bit of him and and i'm actually really liking win 
a lot this season. He's just so funny. Uh, I feel like they had a in season one, in the early part of season one, they had a hard time figuring out what to do with him. Um, and ever since they kind of abandoned the love triangle angle, Wynn has been like a delight. That moment when he's like, sees uh, Superman and, and Martian Manhunters kind of square off and he's like, this is awesome. This is horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so great. It was like, oh, those are all of my feels win. <laughs> so I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a really strong outing. I think it's, uh, like Carly said, it's it's a really good sign about the move to the CW, and I'm really excited for the rest of the season. I think that they, in addition to having Superman on and seeing Cat off and, and dealing with the sister dynamics and all this other stuff, they really set up the uh, sort of the Cadmus, the villains of the season, like really well in these two episodes. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't quite like about Wynn was, and it was mostly because I didn't understand it, was I was like, Wynn can build things like I thought he was the IT guy um, I thought some of his uh, abilities kind of came out of nowhere but maybe he's maybe he's taking classes maybe he's learning things as a as a DEO agent maybe he's didn't a- he make did he make her original suit though I yeah. kind of remember that from the, yeah, movie, he, the first season he helped he helped her construct it yeah because there was the whole scene in the pilot I think where they went through the different variations yeah of yeah. the outfit oh also we forgot uh, James showed up in like the last five minutes. Oh God, I completely forgot because <laughs> he's because he's the new cat. Apparently, I I don't know what I how I feel about that development. It seems well, it seems like out of nowhere too. It's like well, we have to replace, we have to get an interim CEO for this uh, media company. Who should we pick? I don't know. How about that photographer over there? <laughs> well, he did fill in for Cat one time. In season one, but I, as I recall, he had a really hard time with it. He struggled with it. Um, so I guess maybe Cat just had a lot of faith in him. And I, yeah, I think there's something to be said about how they still wanted to use that office set because it has that glorious <laughs> wall of monitors. So I guess they had to fill the position that Cat is is leaving open. So yeah, that was that was a, a an interesting development that happened at the end. Um, I overall, I mean, there were some really uh, things, there were a lot of things that I struggled with in this episode, um, but I did like the Alex stuff. I, I liked the doctor stuff. I liked the cat stuff. Um, and I liked some of the little, you know, the little bits of things that I actually learned from this episode. Um, they mentioned Prometheum, which uh, Kellex refers to as the strongest metal known to man. I looked that up. And in uh, in real life, in the real world, it's an actual real-life chemical element. And Wynn is actually accurate about it being, quote, atomic number uh, 61. And it's also part of the DC Comics universe. And I, I guess maybe because I don't know as much as cy- about Cyborg as I should, but uh, parts of Victor Stone slash Cyborg's uh, part of him is made out of depleted Prometheum. And Prometheum has also been associated with Arsenal in the comics and uh, also with death, Deathstroke in his weaponry, uh, which is made out of volatile Prometheum. So there are two, two different kinds of Prometheum. So um, I learned something out of that. And I liked getting to hear Kryptonian spoken. Uh, that was very exciting for me. Uh, and I, I think the setup for where the, the show can go from here with Kara's new job and uh, Project Cadmus, I, I thought all of that was really great. And I can't wait to see uh, how the story progresses and, and what the doctor is up to. So uh, that'll be something to look forward to. 
Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about The Last Children of Krypton. At DoChick88 says, Sad that Callista Flockhart is leaving and sad no Superman for a while. Crying emojis. So many (laughs) crying emojis. (laughs) At US underscore TV underscore addict says, What do you guys think Cat Grant is going off to do? Get embedded with USA troops overseas? Run for political office? I don't know. I don't know what she, I don't even think Cat knows what she wants to do. Uh, I Didn't s- she say she was looking forward to not having to, like, do anything? <laughs> yeah, so I, I assume she's going to stay at home and play video games with both of her sons. That's what I'm picturing her doing, but maybe I she- picture her on, like, a retreat, like... Like learning meditation and like <laughs> trying to trying to be Zen, but like failing, and then she like has, reorganizing the whole retreat into a more effective. <laughs> she just has to picture Clark Kent's butt because didn't she say it was like transcendental <laughs> she meditation? Did. She That's did. True. That's true. That's all she needs. Never mind. Never mind. She got that figured out. <laughs> Carl was like, "Please don't talk like that about my cousin, Miss Grant." <laughs> Her face is so good. She was so disturbed. Uh, at Paradox Kid says, Clark slash Kara are pure gold. Wish I could ask Alex out on a date. Gonna miss Cat. Fights were badass. Hashtag too much fun. <laughs> at Miss Lily 99 says, Love a show with powerful women as leads. Show those execs who's boss. At Madtown Davidson says, Alex and Kara fight team up. Yay! More professional hazing for Kara at work. Boo! (laughs) (laughs) Although, I think we all agreed she she really deserved it this week. She might have needed. Yeah, she she needed a little bit of a a wake up. At Chris Fundalinski says, This episode made me so happy. Super team up. Alex is badass. Wynn gets a hug. Kara catches a bullet. Kat has a mushy moment. At Seal Stan says... Okay, writers, bioengineer does not equal medical career. PhD does not equal physician. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's yeah. really funny because we had talked about that earlier. We had a writer, um, uh, we had a listener write in about Alex and her scientific background, and they sort of went back to that a little bit, but maybe they went too far. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I thought she had a science background, but then she said she had a she gave up a medical career to to work at the DEO. So I don't, she could, but the, the, I, I, I don't know. Like my brain was like, wait, did she say she was like? I guess maybe she would have some. She could have some science and like also a little bit of medical experience, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I think we need more information on that. <laughs> At John Reed's comic says, Sister Pathos, Superman Hunter Conflict, Cat Farewell, and Verbally Snapping Car made this a great episode. Yeah, and that's something until we talked about it, until John tweeted that I did not kind of put that together, that maybe he was snapping at her, just not with his fingers. So, <laughs> uh, so that makes me feel a little bit better. Me too, although I am expecting some some actual, like, snapping, snapping I mean, soon. You can work it <laughs> I, in. It's I demand hard. it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have an email from Derek who asks, is everyone that is from Superman coming over to Supergirl? First, we had Lucy Lane and James Olsen. Now we have Metallo and Snapper Carr. Yeah, and, and this is a good question. I think, uh, you know, uh, 
some people would ask this because there are a lot of Superman characters who have shown up on uh, Supergirl, like Livewire and Toy Man, um, characters like that. But with the characters that you mentioned, Derek, all of those with the exception of Snapper Carr, Supergirl has actually had associations with those characters in the comics. Um, if you read the Sterling Gates Supergirl run, they're definitely there. And, and James Olsen, Jimmy Olsen, has ties back you know, to Supergirl back to her first um, incarnation in the comics. So Jimmy goes back <laughs> with Supergirl a long way, a long time. So um, even though Snapper is kind of new to the Supergirl world, as far as I know, I don't. Well, no, he did. Wait, he did. He, he did uh, stand up for her at that trial that she. I don't yeah. know much about that, but he did kind of um, help her with that uh, that we had talked about on the spotlight. So yeah, so Snapper actually does. Now that I think about it, has association with uh, Supergirl as well. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't he or like her lawyer or something? Some, something <laughs> like that. I need to read that story because I'm thought, not as familiar. Yeah, I thought we mentioned it in our Snapper spotlight. Snapper was real busy. Like, Snapper, <laughs> <laughs> Snapper has lived a lifetime, many lifetimes. <laughs> he had a lot going on in the comics, um, but he did briefly have an encounter uh, to help Supergirl out. That's right. Uh, well, we also have an email from Ricard who writes, quote, I cannot believe I am saying this, but I will miss Cat Grant, and I wish Kara had told her the truth when they said goodbye, unquote. And I kind of do, too, but maybe they're saving that for uh, sometime down the road. I was waiting for it to happen. I kept going, and now you're going to, nope, and na- nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they're saving it. I mean, that could happen later on, but... Uh... I think we will all agree that we will miss Kat. And I think she, like Morgan, you mentioned, you know, I think she did, uh, Kat Grant did surprise a lot of people in season one. Um, I was always really excited about her because I love Daily Planet people, but um, but I can see where Kat sort of grew on people as the season progressed. Our last email comes from Chris, who asks, quote, at the end of the show, when Pod Guy grabbed Kara's neck, do you think she was trying to? Do you think she was thinking to say, "Hank, we need the kryptonite"? Oh wait, we got rid of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, Superman just flew away with the kryptonite encased in the lead. <laughs> which I and I, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier with my problems with Superman in this in this episode. But I I kind of maybe this is also tainted, but because of my knowledge of some of the comic stories and how Superman usually gives Batman a little piece of kryptonite just in case he should ever get out of control and someone needs to stop him, which does happen occasionally. Like in one of my favorite graphic novels or trade paperbacks, um, Batman Hush, Superman gets uh, overtaken by Poison Ivy. She sort of brainwashes him and he gets out of control and he's causing a whole bunch of trouble. And, you know, that has to be used. And so I think that was really weird for Superman to just take it off with the kryptonite and not leave a little bit behind because like he might get out of control. Supergirl might get out of control sometime. What are they going to do when that happens? So um, the fact that the pod guy (laughs) did grab Kara in a very violent way uh, was proof of that, that they can sometimes get out of control and they might need something to, to help them out. But uh, yeah. So what does everybody think about the pod guy? We, we only saw him briefly. Um, Carly, do you have any thoughts? I don't have any thoughts. <laughs> I, I still don't really remember who it is. So <laughs> he could I thought anyone. his performance was a tour de force. <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, mostly sleeping and, and then waking. <laughs> waking violently. He he has one of the easiest gigs so far. 
so I, I I think that is good for him as an actor. But I also thought the uh, the moment with Supergirl at the end there before he grabs her, I thought was very nice. And I thought it was a very Supergirl-ish moment because she's talking to him and telling him that she knows what it's like to be alone and that she'll be for uh, she'll be there for him when he wakes up. And so I really liked, even though I had problems with Supergirl for most of the episode, I was I was back on board with her during that scene. Okay, well, uh, that's going to do it for all of our listener feedback. But if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can uh, leave us a voicemail now. You can call us at 678-718-7252. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on uh, Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have become a literal Supergirl radio on Spotify, so definitely check out our playlist. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, I'm pacing myself this time, <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV shows, subscribe to our DC TV Podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. If it helps, we can just say subscribe <laughs> to the mega feed. Um, I mean, at this point, it's kind of it's kind of fun to see, <laughs> see how well I can get through that list. <laughs> make it make it different every time. Um, exactly. Well, well done. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D E R B Y K I D. I've kind of been going in and out of a hiatus, but I've been breaking my my own Twitter rules. So uh, all all is all is open. So if you want to uh, tweet at me, you can do that there. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm trying to get more in, involved in my Instagram and trying to take more pictures, trying to be more creative. So you can follow me there at the Derby Kid. And you can watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash tuckmilkprod, D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. I have no concept of branding, so I have lots of different usernames for all my stuff. Maybe one day that will change, uh, but that's how you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I'm weekend editor over at The Mary Sue, which you can visit at themarysue.com. Mostly I'm on Twitter, screen capping funny things from Supergirl. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, and you can find some of my work on Buddy TV. I just recently had some Legends of Tomorrow uh, interviews post from uh, Comic-Con. Uh, so you should check that out. I'm Speaking of Legends of Tomorrow, I'm also a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which you should check out. It's uh, We're having a lot of fun over there trying to figure out uh, time travel. Uh, it makes my head hurt. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a difficult concept. Uh, I can see that being a fun discussion. Oh, yeah. If you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope that Cat Grant's leave of absence doesn't last too long.
The DEO's mission is to hunt down renegade aliens. Most of them are hardworking refugees just trying to get by. They have to hide who they are in order to survive. Some people are just bad. There's nothing you can do to change that. You're a traitor to your people. It's not us against them. You guys are fun. <laughs> Supergirl, all new this Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we're back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Welcome to Earth. The official description reads, quote, An attack is made on the president, guest star Linda Carter, as hot-button alien versus human rights issues heat up in National City. Supergirl and the DEO are assigned to protect the president and bring in the responsible party. Alex teams up with Detective Maggie Sawyer, uh, played by Floriana Lima, to investigate the case while Kara searches for a recently escaped uh, character uh, who will sh- who shall remain nameless unless you uh, are, you know, I, you're in the spoiler section, but if you don't want to be spoiled, um, I'm, I'm going to be uber protective of this. Um, so she uh, she searches for a recently escaped character who she fears may be the alien behind the assault, unquote. So, uh, Carly, what in this episode description most excites you? Uh, Maggie Sawyer. I I watched the uh, teaser clip last night, and I'm pretty sure that was Maggie talking, and I got really excited. I was like, Maggie Sawyer. (laughs) Um, Also, Linda Carter, which I know she's going to be, I think she's going to be on for just this one episode at least, but maybe more. But I'm also really excited for her. So, yep, that's it. Mostly just the ladies. I don't know anything about the escaped prisoner (laughs) the escaped character (laughs) yes and i'm going to try to as much as i can keep it that way uh just for your sake um because you you know i value twists and i value uh uh learning you know mysteries as they uh come up um morgan what uh in this description is exciting to you oh maggie sawyer i can't wait um it's like carly it is a um a competition between Maggie Sawyer and uh, President Linda Carter, um, <laughs> who, who I would vote for. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited about both of the ladies. I can't wait to see them on screen. Um, the rest of it also sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about Linda Carter. I am very excited about Supergirl scenes with the president because we've heard the president being mentioned before. And uh, I, I want to see what Supergirl's interaction with her is like. And uh, I think that'll be really exciting to see. And I'm also excited about Maggie Sawyer just to see um, what they do with her. We've heard she's associated with the science police. So I wonder if they'll go into detail about that. Um, and I, I wonder if Kara searching for this character is going to lead into some of like her reporting skills. Like I, I, I wonder if she'll, you know, write any stories in this next episode now that she's a full-fledged reporter and is, um, you know, wanting to tell stories. So uh, I think all of this sounds really great, and I'm very excited about it. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio. Ah.